You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. couple of places today, but I want you to go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, starting in verse 1, and we're going to go through the first three. Now, forgive me ahead of time, because we're going to jump around a lot. We're going to be in a lot of word. Why are we going to be in a lot of word? Because you need to know that this is in there. We're not landing on something after a comma. We're not landing on on four words before a, a period and going and building a doctrine on it. We are seeing what the word says and landing and resting in that. Is that. That's our safe space, guys. And so what have we been doing for the last couple of weeks? It's actually been about nine or ten weeks now. And if, if you've been a part of it, I, I hope it's helped you. But we've been starting this series on, on basically what we believe. Or we've been going through this series on what we believe. What we believe. And why is it so important that we know what we believe? Why? Why is that so important? Because people need to know your job is to be able to give a reason and have a knowledgeable understanding of what you're doing. Right? And, and, and our, our response as a church when people ask us about our faith cannot be this. I go to church and you should come with me. That cannot be our response. That is not a biblical response when somebody asks you to defend or give reason for the hope you claim to have. Oh, I go to church. No, you've just told them your schedule. You haven't told them anything else. You've just told them your schedule. You haven't told them anything about Jesus or your hope or what you believe or why you believe it or what the Word of God says. And so what we are doing is we are trying to make sure that as a church, foundationally, right, we've been doing this for 14 years, and we're going to do it for the next 14 years. But we are going to, we're going to make sure that we have a doctrinal stance that is biblically rooted, that we know it, so that you, when you are in those situations and you are dealing with people and the lost and the hurting and your family members that need Jesus and everybody around you that need him, that your response is, I can get you to the pastor. No, you can say, hey, I am the church and I'm here now and we can talk about this right here. But you better know it. And see, the reason is you say, oh, well, why do I need to have doctrine? Why do I need to have a biblical worldview? Because before Christ, you had an Ed worldview, right? And you had a Chris Lee world. No, oh, you had a Chris Lee worldview, right? <laughs> I hope you did not have a Chris Lee worldview, all right? We, were, we will have a prayer service for you afterwards if you are in Chris Lee's worldview. But God's good. Right? If you have a, because we had all of these worlds. It was the world according to Chris. It was the world according to me. And so now that I've come to Christ, it, all of a sudden I become not the central issue of my life, and it is about him. So I have to replace the doctrines of Chris Taylor with the doctrines of heaven. You follow me on this? And that's kind of the problem. We have a church full of people that are, that are still operating under the guides of the doctrine according to them, yet they're sitting in a service that's declaring doctrines against them and wondering why there's this fight going on. Well, it's because maybe we need to change some stuff. 
And if you haven't been here for the last couple of weeks, well, uh, I'm glad. Ryan asked me to recap all of this, right, Ryan? Right? Come on, this is the last week. This is the last time I get to do this. And, and I got the ladder up because, well, I get bored, and, and so I like to have something to do. And so let's just, let's just kind of start at the beginning, right? So we start at the beginning, and what is the beginning? What's the foundation that we have to lay everything on that starts everywhere? This is what it starts with. What? God's authority. Yeah, you better say, I will start over. God's authority, meaning that God was before, God created, God gets to define, meaning it's his rules. He was before, not us. We don't get to tell him what our truths are. We have to go, what are your truths, and make them into our life. He gets to define me. Well, what if I don't like how he defines me? Sorry, Clay, right? I'm sorry. As Job, as the conversation in Job would go when God spoke to Job and said, I'm sorry, you better, you better hang on to something because I'm about to talk to you. Where were you when I, when I created this? Where were you when I measured out the earth? Where were you? Well, I'm sorry, where do you keep lightning? I'm sorry, where do you keep the hail? Oh, that's right. You don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Right, so, so we have to start with the fact that God's authority is above all things. And then we jump down to what was the next thing? God's what? His word. And we began to talk about it. We began to talk and kind of make sure that our filters were lined up and making sure that we knew that that book that you have in your hands is not a road map for your life. It's a terrible road map for your life. Because it's not designed for that. It's a road map to reveal him. You are not the central focus of that book. He is. And so he gave us his word, thankfully, because he's not just your creator that said, I'm creating and I'm out. He said, I'm going to reveal to you who I am in my plan. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be far off. You can seek me and you can find me. And I'm going to give you my word, my revealed truth of who I am. So we saw that. And then all of a sudden, he does it one step more. He goes, you know what? Not just the word am I going to give you. I'm going to take the word, and it's going to become flesh. And we begin to talk about Jesus and who that is and why he is and what he did. And that God's plan in this, in creation, from his authority down, that his plan was for Jesus to come down to that which was created and not have this mindset that creation somehow can work its way up. God said they can't, and so I will come to them. We began to see that. And then we talked about our, our what? Our response, right? Because what do we do once we realize that Jesus came and he died for us and he saved us? What is our response? Well, then all of a sudden I hold my life up in accordance with him, and I put it next to it, and I go, man, that is lacking. And so I have to repent. And then what do I do? The Bible says that you repent and then do what? Be baptized. Why do we be baptized? That's just a strange thing. A guy holds you down underwater, some of you longer than others, right? Why in the world? What is this all about? Why, why do I have to go in some pool with some guy in shorts and a t-shirt? This is strange. Why do I got to do this? Because it's an outward showing of something that happens. That our baptism, it's saying not only am I ready to be connected to the church, but I'm also identifying with him. 
And then the good news right after that is we jump right after that. We go, well, now, wait a second. What am I, how am I supposed to do all this stuff in my own strength? No, 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 no. Jesus said, I'm going away, but don't you worry. I'm sending one after me. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do all the things that I'm calling you to do. And don't worry. He's never going to take you off path because everything I tell him, everything that he says is going to point back to me. That's our foundation and our safe space. Now, when people in the church and people in the world start going, ooh, that's the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. If it don't point to Jesus, it ain't him. Sorry. Sorry. And so we saw that, and then we, we saw that after the Holy Spirit, we saw that the, we began to talk about this great connection, this thing that we're a part of, not the fact that we are sitting in a building on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., but the body of the church that he pulled us together, and he said, you weren't designed to do this alone. And that doesn't mean just alone at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, but alone through this time. Men, you weren't designed to walk through this earth alone. You were designed to walk with other men why? Because you need it? Yeah, I've met you. And you've met me. <laughs> Trust me, I need it. But not only that, we realized that, that the church was designed, this great thing called the church was designed. Why? Because prior to all of this, God revealed through prophets and kings, and the Holy Spirit would just show up and empower certain people. But now the Holy Spirit is present with the church, and God says, you know what? My plan is this now. How I'm going to be revealed is going to be revealed through that body, the body of Christ called the church. And that's heavy stuff, man. Because all of a sudden, that means that no matter whether I want to do something or not, my, and, and my actions reflect Ryan. And I, and I have to live my life knowing not only do I need to do this for me, but I don't want to be, I, I don't want to mess up my witness, but I don't want to mess up Ryan's witness. Are you following me on this? Because we're all designed to, as this body to reveal God. Man, that's heavy stuff. And then we got into still believing that God does supernatural things in the midst of the natural. Guys, listen, as a church foundationally over and over and over again, Jesus said you're going to do things like I'm doing, and even greater, not by your strength, but, for, but, but, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? To do the commission that I've given you, which is to reveal him. And, and to reveal a supernatural, God sometimes has supernatural things involved in it. And we're not going to get freaked out by supernatural things, Right? Like I always tell you guys, it's amazing how, how easily we've accepted that he, he came, he was born of a virgin, he walked on water, he fed 5,000 with like six you know, happy meals, and then he died on a cross, then he rose again, and then he walked around and talked to people, then he jetted out of here. But somehow, we're totally okay with all that stuff. But the fact that he wants to do a couple of supernatural things in the midst of the body, we're, we're like freaking out about that. Come on. Come on. God's not done doing supernatural things. Why? For your sake and to make you better and to lift you up so you can do a tape series or get cufflings and go on the road? No, to reveal him. To reveal him. And so now, we last week we talked about eternity. Did that help anybody last week? Talking about eternity and the reason why it's so important to have eternal thoughts in us? 
Why, when we think about eternity, that we as a church doctrinally have to have, we don't just think about it uh, uh, at funerals and, and other times uh, and when somebody sings like Amazing Grace and the sweet by and by. We are, we're thinking about eternal things on Tuesday. Why? Because when we think about things eternal on Tuesday, then we're not caught up in the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life because we know that all of this is nothing anyway. And so even if God asked me to lay something down, it's for a very, very short-term loss for an eternal gain. And that gets us to today. That gets us to today. Boy, I, did you just see what I just did there? In less than like an hour, I just told the gospel story. And the whole purpose of all of this is to Make sure that you have this and so you can do this in your words to people. And there are going to be times you're going to need to start maybe here or you're going to start here or you're going to start here, but you're going to have it. That, that's the point of this. Not to sound like me, but, but to sound like the word. And that gets us to today because to, to put a, I don't want to say put a bow on it, but to, to get to the end because there is something that's going to be an end. I want to talk about the fact that, that part of our foundational beliefs is this. We believe that Jesus, the one that died for us, the one that we all say that we follow, we actually believe that he is coming back. Let me say that again. We believe that the Jesus we follow, the, be, the, 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 the Jesus of the historical Bible that died and rose again and jetted out of here and said, I'm sending one after me, we believe, not because we made this up, but we believe that he's coming back again. Now, let me say this, because I just have to be honest with you. Let me lay this out right now. This is a huge topic, right? It would be arrogant and prideful of me to think that I can wrap this up or to, to, to put this in one ball and go, you got it? I am going to deal with this from a very 50,000 kind of foot level. Are you following me on that? So we're going we're gonna to stay up here. In fact, I would recommend there's a great teaching series right now on the book of Revelations. Have you ever read Revelations? Right, I always recommend, I always tell my, my young ones when they were younger to read Revelations right before they go to bed. It's always, it's good. It's, it's a terrible parenting idea. But if you've never read it, if you've ever read Revelations and it's kind of confusing to you and you start to read it, I, I'm not going to take Revelations from chapter 1 all the way through the amen. We're not going to do that today. It, that, that's a whole other ball of wax. We are going to dig into it a little bit, but I'd recommend there's a, there's a pastor down in Houston. His name is um, Matt Chandler, and they just got done. It, this has been a bit, right, about a month ago. He just went through, how, do you remember how long it was? It was like 10 or 12 weeks. He just spent like 10 or 12 weeks teaching the full book of Revelation. I would recommend it. It's on Spotify and podcasts. Go back and listen to that. Oh, Pastor Chris, you're recommending another preacher? Yes! I hope you're listening to all kinds of people that are teaching about Jesus. Not just me. I don't have the market cornered. Seriously. And so I'm asking you to dig in. But what I'm saying is, is if you want to dig in a little bit more of this salts your tongue a little bit, and you go, man, I want a, a good, solid, biblical foundation on the book of Revelation because I've always been confused about it, man, I, I recommend go listen to that. Go listen to that. First of all, I know you're not going to go to that church because it's in Dallas, so I'm comfortable. I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm a broken man. I'm not perfect, but I know I'm not losing you, okay? 
It's too far to go. I know you're not driving there, all right? But go listen to it. But today I do want to talk about, not only do I want to talk about, because I know most of you could just, I could just sit here and go, Jesus is coming back. And we all go, woohoo, right? And then I just say, amen. And everybody goes, amen. And we just leave, right? Because that's kind of what we do about that context. We, we kind of we stay in that atmosphere of like, we know he's coming back. Or, or if it's around election cycles, we, it's, it's, it's tomorrow, Right? And so I want to kind of deal with not just what the Bible says and what Jesus says about it, what his emphasis is to us concerning him coming back. Kind of what our problem is and then working forward. Is that fair? All right. Wait a second. I'm new here. That wasn't the message? No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. By the way, I have nothing to do this afternoon. You're going to be here a while. <laughs> I'm just being, I told you you should grab the donut. Well, let's look at this, because let's just get over the word and start letting this work on us a little bit. And John, so we believe that he is coming back. Boy, that's a simple statement with a lot of stuff. In John chapter 14, we're going to just start kind of laying the foundation of why we know that he's coming back, okay? John chapter 14, and I'm going to say this right off the bat, John chapter 14, you need to put a big star next to John chapter 14. That one chapter is just awesome. I mean, it is like hope. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the plan. It is awesome from beginning to end. I recommend you this Sunday afternoon, go and dig into it. It's so good. John chapter 14 says this. It says, do not, this is Jesus speaking, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Well, we can almost just underline that and just go, all right, let's just go do that. Because I don't know about you, over these last 12 months, 16 months, I've seen the church's heart grow troubled. But Jesus said, don't let it happen. You believe in him? You call into his name? You said he's got all authority? Well, I'm also him and I'm standing in front of you. My father's house, now follow me on this, verse 2. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you? Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? All of a sudden, Jesus is bringing reality to the fact that there is a home, that there is a heaven. The one we follow after, oh, we need more of that. This is Jesus talking. This is the word becoming flesh, saying yes, everything in the Old Testament. It's, I'm, 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 I'm saying it's right. And then it says this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And I will take you to be with me, that you also may, may be where I am at. So Jesus said. So how do I know that he's coming back? Right there. Because everything that he said prior to this, I believe in. And everything he said after that, I believe in. And if Jesus said he's coming back, he's coming back. If, if, Jesus said, if Jesus said, I'm not coming back, I would say, yeah, he's not coming back. But he said he's coming back. In fact, not only that, he begins to talk about the fact that there is going to be a closing of what we would call this church age. Remember, we are in the church age. We are in the period where God is revealing himself and you get to be a part of it through the church. We are in that age. But just as there was a beginning of this, 
there is also going to be an end of this. And how this ending happens is Jesus coming back and going, that's enough, we're moving on. It's now into something else. And you can see this in Revelations chapter 19 and 20. I'm not telling you to go there now, but you can see all of these timelines and we can get into the predisposition. I always hate that word, predispensationalist. We can get into all the guys that are, that are premillennial and amillennial and all this. And we can talk about all that. So we're blue in a face. But all I know is that Jesus said, I'm coming back. And that's what's closing this thing out. Now, let's kind of break some things down real quick. Because he also says this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. He says, but about that day or hour... No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, meaning him. Meaning he says, the Father has not revealed that to me, but only the Father. Wait a second, and you could almost answer, it's not the angels in heaven, not the Son, and not the prophets on Facebook. Don't know the hour. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. But yet he is also saying, again, and then I could give you verse after verse where Jesus and the word just describes, there's going to be an ending. He is coming back. That's how this thing closes out. Do we know when it is? Anybody here know when it is? Anyone, anybody? Anybody. Because I grew up in the 80s, and I remember it was going to happen in the 80s. I remember I got held out of school because somebody said that Jesus was coming back. I got held out of school because of that happened, and we weren't even religious. I didn't know what was going on. My mom was like, I was like, what is happening? Mom's like, there's going to be an earthquake. And I'm like, what, what, how, what in the world? I was like, all right, I'm going skateboarding, whatever. Right, and then it was going to happen again at the famous Y2K. Do you remember Y2K? How many of you remember that, right? How many of you, like, you put all of your computer stuff in the closet and, like, you're like, the power of Christ compels you, right? I mean, you're just like, it's not, this stuff's got to go, man. This is happening, right? And you're just, everybody's like, oh, three, two. You're like, you're, you're worried, like, like, should we blow horns or should we be listening for a horn, Right? Like at midnight, it's like, what are, what are we doing here, right? Y2K goes down, and then everything happens, and guess what happened? That was boring. What am I going to do all these jugs of water? What is this? What is this? I got a bathtub filled with water now. What am I supposed to do with all that, right? Come on, don't tell me that that didn't happen. I knew people that did. I knew people that filled their bathtub with water, right? Come on now. We, it's been said over and over again. I think the Mayans predicted, was that 2012 that the world was going to end? And we just realized they ran out of rocks to chisel in? That the, that the calendar just ended because they, they just were like, oh, we, we, we got tired. We just ended it there. But it, literally everybody was like, the end of the world. Why? Because this rock said so. Well, the rock here says that we don't know. This rock says you don't know. Right? But we know it is going to happen. And here's the thing, whether it happens tomorrow, will I be shocked? No. And if it happens a thousand years from now, I won't be shocked. And so that kind of gets us to, so now what do I do with that information? Do I just go around screaming, he's coming back, woohoo! And I just sit in the church and we shout and we say amen and we run around the church, he's coming back, right? Right, and then he doesn't come back in that service and you're like, okay, see you next week, right? And whatever. What do we do with this? 
Like, what do we do with this? I'm so glad you asked. Go to Acts. Because I think Jesus does a very good job, like he always does, of being very supernatural and being very heavenly-minded, but yet also knowing that he's dealing with people and creation that's struggling with trying to resolve all these things. And so he lays out, he lays out some truths and a plan for us in this. So I want you to see this in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 6. It says this, and we're just going to dig through these truths. Is that okay? It says this in Acts chapter 1, starting verse 6. It says this, Then they gathered around him. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. You know, that thing that you believe in. And asked him, Lord, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom uh, uh, to Israel? You know what they were asking there? Is this it? Is this you coming back? Is this you fulfilling all the prophecies? Is this, a, is this, we're going after the Romans, right? Is this that time? Let's do this, right? Peter's all ready to go, right? He's already practiced chopping a guy's ear off. He's ready to go. He's ready to fight, right? And then Jesus, I love this. And he says this to them in verse 7. It's not for you to know the times or the date the Father has set by his own authority, are you following me on this, by his own authority, but, but, focus guys, focus, focus, look, look, look over here, I, I know you're one to, to fight the Romans, and I know you want me to establish my kingdom, and I know you want to fulfill all the prophecies that you know in the word, and, and you know, but, but guys, look at me, look at me for a second, l look here, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And I love verse 10, as all guys do. And they were looking intently up into the sky. I love that we make that so spiritual. It's just a bunch of guys just looking up at this guy like, I think I still see him. No, that's a bird. I think, no, no, that's still a bird. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into the heavens. I love this passage because it gives us it gives us a hope, number one, and a foundation that Jesus is coming back. But in the same breath, Jesus does something. He puts it in perspective, and he also puts it in the order of importance for what we as his followers should be focused on. Because he says this, the guys are like... <sighs> Is it time? Is it time for heaven to come and we're doing this thing and it's going to be great? We're going to have seats and all this stuff. Is it time for that? Is this going to happen? He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Focus. I know you're looking forward to that. I, I know you're looking to do this. I know you're looking to have all this established. And I know, I know, I know that's in your heart. You want to know about eternal things. You want to be a part of about eternity. You want to be a part of this. But I'm going to send one after you to do what? To give you power. What? So that you'll know the time and the place of when I'm going to come? No. You're going to receive power to be my witnesses. All of a sudden, Jesus went like this. I know you want to focus on eternal things but I've got a job for you here. 
I need you to take your head from looking up and looking into these things. I know you're excited about this, man. I get it. It's going to be awesome. I get it. But I'm going to send you power, not so you'll have a greater understanding of when I'm going to come and know all of these things. And maybe you'll, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and let you know the day and the hour. No, that's not why he's coming. He's coming because you have a job to do. And so Jesus, in one passage, says, I am coming back. These things are going to be fulfilled. But in the meantime, your focus is not these things. Your focus is parallel. Your focus is, is, is here, laterally. I'm sorry, laterally. I failed geometry. It's laterally, right? It's this way. It's not this way. It's this way. You follow me, but your job is here. Let me, let me break that down and explain this a little bit more why we struggle with this. Go back to John. Are you still with me today? Is this helping anybody? Good, because I'll start over. We'll teach it a whole different way. John chapter 14, let's go back there, verse 1 and 3. Let's kind of break this down because I want you to see this picture and why we struggle so much. Where our struggle lies in this and what we've got to be reminded of, okay? So let's look at this. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, right, he says, I will come back and take you to be with me. Now, here's what he's doing. I want you to see this. Let's just, let's just put some visuals on this, okay? I bought these balloons, and I just want you to see this. And I don't think these have biblical messages on this because this says, like, happy anniversary and hugs. So, I mean, that could go down in heaven. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have these kind of balloons there. But I want you to just see this, okay? I bet they're not $4.99. That was a ripoff. Um, so let's just see this. So Jesus, here's what he's saying. I want you to see this picture, okay? You follow me on this? Jesus says, I'm going to go away, and I'm preparing a place for you right? It's going to be awesome. Streets of gold, right? Every fish you catch is a five-pounder. Every one of them. It's going to be awesome. I didn't, I, it's the message. It's the message Bible. I, I, it's the message fisherman's Bible, right? And he says, listen, he says, I'm going to go prepare a place, and I know you guys want to be a part of this. I'm going to go build mansions. I'm going to go do all these things. It's going to be great for you. But in Acts, he says, listen, I know you want to sit here and look up and have your eyes focused on this. I know you want to do this. But, but here's, here's the job I've, I, I've asked you to do. I want you to go and just hand out invitations to the party. Ryan, will you do that for me? Just go and hand out those invitations to the party. I, I know you want to sit here and, and, and talk about the party and you're excited about the party. Like you want to go to the party. I get that. But in Acts, he says, listen, I know you're pumped about this, but you got a job to do. And, and, and I want you to go and invite people to the party. You're invited. Yeah, you're invited. And, and you guys are invited to the party. And, 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 and you're definitely invited to the party. And, and you're invited to the party. You got one? Who had, oh, did you get one? Okay, so you're definitely, yeah. We've got to have angels there. And I want you to see this for me. What happens, what happens with us as believers, and our struggle is, is especially we begin to get into these types of ideas and conversations and, and Facebook rabbit holes, right? Where every prophecy on the planet is being poured out now, right? And 
We're trying to figure out the letters in Trump's name and, and, and Biden's name and connecting them to Hebrew and all these things. And, and right, we're doing, we're doing all, and get, by the way, we've been doing that with presidents for the last, well, since they started. Just so you know that. And I get it. Listen to me, guys. I'm trying to protect us because Jesus was trying to protect us. And Jesus was saying, listen, I know you want to be eternally minded. And I know you want to sit here and be like those guys when he left and just be like, <laughs> I'm just going to look up. <laughs> I'm just going to look up. That balloon is going to be awesome. My mansion is going to be so cool. It's going to be so good. And I want to talk about that stuff. I want to be, I want to talk about the streets of gold. Right, I want to talk about the millennial. I want to talk about all these things. I want to talk about him coming back. I want to talk about what it's going to look like. The, the clouds are going to part. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be first. I'm going to jump ahead of it. I'm going to fly faster than all of you, right? I'm doing it. Like, that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about all that stuff. Why? Because it is our hope. It is our hope. But here's what happens. The enemy comes in and goes, gotcha. What do you mean? Well, do you realize that we can do things and even talk about things that seem godly and in the same breath be disobedient to God? How, what do you mean by that, Pastor Chris? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where it talks, you know the love chapter? You remember where it says things like this? I could speak in the tongues of men of angels. I could prophesy and know all the great words. I, I could do all of these things. I could give over. I could understand all of heaven's mysteries. But I have not love. I'm like a sounding gong. I'm useless. Well, that's what happens to us. That's what happens to the church when we get so eternally minded, where we, we run to conferences. And, and listen to me. I'm not dogging conferences about eternal things. But if you are chasing that down and that is consuming your time about Jesus coming back and you haven't forgiven somebody in your past that has hurt you, you are being disobedient to the one that you claim to be looking for. We can... We can do all, we can sit there and talk about all eternal things. Oh, he's going to be a thousand year millennial. No, he's going to come back before the millennial. No, the millennial is going to be like this. It's going to be like that. And I'm going to rule and I'm going to have this place. It's gonna, I, we can talk about all this stuff, but I've not once loved on my neighbor, like my actual neighbor, the guy that lives next to me, that doesn't trim the fence line on his side. You know that guy, right? You know that guy. Yeah, you haven't loved him, but you understand the thousand-year reign of Christ and can talk about that, and you go and search those things out, and you can talk about how he's going to split the sky and even point to where he's coming from, but you still walk in bitterness and unforgiveness, and you're still mean to the waitress who brought you a Diet Coke instead of just a regular Coke? Come on, church. Come on, church. We can be doing and so focused on all these things and chase down, especially in these times. Guys, I don't know if you've been on Facebook in a while. If you shake your head, no, bless you. <laughs> Amen. But there are, just, there are just rabbit holes and rabbit holes of discussions on what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next. And all the time they got friends list of hundreds of friends that they've never even told Jesus about. 
But man, they're just spending hours and hours and hours chasing down eternal things, eternal things. And being like those guys, still looking up. And some of us, guys, we don't need an angel to come to us because we have Acts chapter 1. When the angels, we already know Jesus said, guys, stop looking up. You've got a job to do. Not only do you have a job to do, I've empowered you to do a job. Do it until I come back and be faithful in that. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying today? I'm trying to protect us because in these times, in these times in the church, it's so easy to close ranks. It's so easy to just gather around. We'll just close the ranks in, get all the Christians in. Let's talk about eternal things. And we're just going to sit around in this circle and just kind of chant, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. And then we're going to just close those ranks in. And it sounds like we're being biblical and godly. And in the same breath, we are being disobedient and the devil wins. We can't do that. We have to be a church that understands and has a knowledge and a foundation of a hope that he's coming back. But we have to be a church that is also doing the job that he's called us to do until he does. And if he comes back in my lifetime, great. If he, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be dead honest with you guys. Uh, I, 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 would, I would much rather be with him, yes. But man, if he doesn't come back and my sons get to raise other sons that follow after God and there's a generation of tailors after generation of tailors of just men, because we just we make boys, we just, just men chasing after God, chasing after God until he, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take another 300 years of, of, of guys that are broken in front of God, chasing him, telling those about him, because when he comes back, it's done so in the same breath we want him to come father come father we're also asking for grace and mercy and I know that there's somebody that doesn't know and you gave me a job to do give me time to go and speak to them you hear me today he's protecting us he's giving you a hope I'm coming back but he's giving you a job do this until I get here let's pray Father God, I thank you so much. Father, let this house be a house that is found doing the work that you've called us to do. Not in our power, not in our strength, not for our glory or for us to be elevated above other churches, but just doing our part. Father, let it be so. Father, let our hearts be full of eternity. Father, let our hearts be full of hope that you are returning. But let us live as if you are not coming back for generations. Father, let it be so. Use us for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Stand to your feet. Come on, church. Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.